0: welcome to the push performance podcast
1: what's up guys welcome back to another episode of the push performance podcast all right <laughs> um i'm dj we have taylor and jordan today and miss ashton hello <laughs> um, today i want to talk a little bit about you know we work with a variety of different guys where it's collegiate guys high school guys pro guys the variety of Guys that need different things and, you know, how we can be sure we're training, you know, guys properly for their age, where they're at in their careers, what they need in their careers, what they need from their goals, all that kind of stuff. So, um, Jordan, let's start with you, since you're in here. Oh, no. You, know, you can talk a little bit. Okay. Um, What's up? You know, you you run essentially our high school program with uh, Red Mountain sure. and a couple other couple other high school guys, you know, we're working on a couple other high schools and you work with a lot of high school athletes in here, you know, what's kind of your main focus when developing a program for them?
0: Um, For me, it's, it's like, it all comes back to laying a good foundation, right? So you want to help these kids develop. At the end of the day, them making like them making strength gains is the goal. Right. So, Freshman stats don't overly matter. JV stats don't overly matter. It's all about getting to varsity. And once you're there, it's about being able to play. So if you're if you're a high school kid who's a, a freshman, like we're on a long road, man. We're on development. We're trying to get you stronger, gain weight, and help you become more physical, help you be stronger, help you fit the mold of being a college baseball player, being a successful high school baseball player. I mean, like to me, it all comes to that. Like strength is gonna be the biggest thing um and obviously like we still have to move good right we're not building bodybuilders and having people get all stiff but it's the right strength that we're trying to build but like, it has to come back to that because if you are a junior in high school and you weigh 117 pounds like it's not looking good for going to college yeah right so it's to me it's all about that um you said successful reach that
1: you said something about the right strength right what 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 is a determining factor to define the right strength because a difference for each person right 100 where we always talk about like the different different differences between guys needing x versus y or guys need say internal rotation versus mm-hmm. external rotation how that's gonna allow them to get down the mound faster and throw you know throw harder and get, gain velo right mm-hmm. Definitely. so What what do you mean by the the right strength? Like define that. So so to me it's A,
0: you have to teach you have to teach the kids, right? You have to you have to disciple them into thinking that the right strength is the baseball strength. And it's getting functionally strong for baseball. That's gonna help you throw baseball harder, help you play baseball, not about looking good on a podium in like some bodybuilding situation. Because that's some of these kids they go oh, wait, I'm coming into the gym. I need to get a gnarly pump. I need to have a big bench and a good back squat where my form sucks, but the weight's big. And and a lot of high school kids idolize that and think that that is weightlifting, that is training. And it's a wasted session if I didn't go into the gym and I can't hardly walk out of it. Like, you have to teach them that that's okay to, to be able. It's like, you don't want to not be able to walk out of the gym. We have to be able to practice tomorrow. We have to be able to lift tomorrow. Be able to do all this stuff, and if we can't, then then what's the point?
1: Like, I mean, if you want to be a powerlifter, be a powerlifter. If you're not a baseball yeah. player, if you want to be a cross country runner, be a cross run. country runner, don't, don't, be weights. A baseball player. don't run. lift weights, yeah. Run and do curls, yeah. I mean, do the cross country runners do curls? Might as well look good while you're running, right?
0: They were tank tops, you might as well have arms.
1: They don't, know.
0: they don't. You ever yeah.
1: see like the high school kids running down the road, yeah, they're they're fungos on and clothes yeah, with they never shirts. run on windy days it's blown blowing, really blowing away. away blowing away for sure I mean the biggest the biggest <laughs> thing for sure is yeah I mean talking shit on a sport we don't know nothing about they won't that. they won't <laughs> I feel like tell that, that population is not listening to us zero cross country cross-country
0: kids actually one of my remote kids is a cross country kid I yeah
1: know. I when I first started training guys like I don't know a while ago his mom wrote us an email I was like hey my son's a cross country runner and a baseball player I'm like I don't ever say this, but he needs to pick one or the other. Like that's one sport where it's like, yeah. If you're two sport athlete, you can't do that. And he's a pitcher. Yeah, you're just you know building I mean? slow twitch, which is not pitching. Yeah. I mean you're training slow so I don't know if you can build. I think there's a you're Again, right. yeah. You can't increase <laughs> <right>. you can't <laughs> increase type two two B muscle fibers. You can. You can't uh, you can't you can't. You can increase the output of that type type but muscle. You can't fiber. you can't change but type Taylor one to two, but you probably can Probably has two more to type two B muscle fibers than you. It's two X. Two X, whatever. I'm sorry, I'm out of, I'm out of school a long time. You can
0: change two to two X, but you can't change one to two.
1: You can change two to two X. That's what said. Are you said. like if you have if you have
2: if
0: you have a lot of if about, you have right? a lot of type two muscle fibers, you can change them to type two through
1: adaption. But the muscle Wait, so you, the, said the you the type can, one. you can Change type one.
0: No, two to two X, but type one. So if you're always a slowpoke, like if you're
1: just a slothy yeah, dude, yeah, you can't change it. But there are type two muscle. That's not fibers what I was or... saying. What I was saying is you can't. I was just increase the number because... of type two muscle fibers that you have in your body. Yeah, you can't take somebody that's type there's different... one, type one dominant, and then you can't make them have type two. But you can train the muscles
0: to use the type two ones because they're like the type yes. two that you have. They're just but dormant. there's a like, big threshold use. on what they can do. Yeah, but you just have to teach it's them to activate arm, them, right? You just have to teach them to activate them because they have like their body doesn't activate the type one muscle fibers.
1: The
0: type the type twos are there. They're just dormant. Like so you just don't. The cross country runner can take. This is way off topic. <laughs> way off topic, but yeah, this is a through, good conversation, though. like if you just hammered, quick twitch stuff and bouncing and jumping. Yep eventually yeah, you're it, would, gonna, it would not be a six week thing no after two years he's gonna be a twitchy er
1: yeah he's never gonna be usain Bolt. but physically i'm saying you cannot
0: build no you don't build that you just two teach. fibers just, correct that's but what you, i meant by that but you can teach the body same, to use the same thing right now damn it I know. i'm just stuck anyway. on. i'm just stuck yeah. on build you can teach them to use them.
1: yes
3: so
0: that's
1: another por- portion of
3: can I actually segue into something yeah, off this
0: and make it actually useful? Hold on.
3: If you're listening, go ahead and shoot back about a minute and a half and then just re-listen to all that. <laughs> all right, now okay. Go. That was a Good, good segue, little huh? lesson though. Like
2: yeah, it is. So, so simplify it for someone. Like, I'm about you. Oh, thank you. So perfect.
0: Um that's that's, that's my second. So you have three so, different types of
1: muscle fibers. Yes. Perfect. Type one, type one, which oxidative. is oxidative.
0: And which is slow. Um, it's like it's oxidative, which means long. Like long duration, um, oxygen goes into this the muscles cell um, as it as it works right. Type two is going to be anaerobic, which is going to be more power output and moving stuff faster. Type two X is going to be the even fastest power, like sprinting muscle fibers that are activated. Um,
1: so and we'll everybody give us give us an example, of an exercise of each each type one type two. Okay,
0: so type one would be just like a long, slow jog or walking, right? There's muscles in your calves and your hamstrings and quads that are still activated when you're running and um, just the same as they would be when you're sprinting, but the activation level is at a lot lower threshold. Um, Type two, if you pick up the jog to a sprint and it's a shorter um, distance, you're using those type two fibers so and you're actually firing so it's them. lack of oxygen for the up, up to about 10 seconds yes for type two and then you get start to need a lactate threshold and then you yep. use different muscle fibers and all that jazz but when you're doing like plyo jumps now you're using those two x two muscles right? no oxygen
1: What's no oxygen
0: virus? quick twitch bang but it's over like it's short bursts of stuff um now when you're talking Hitting about a baseball throwing a baseball yes just 2X. baseball in general right? Like there's not a lot of slow twitch stuff that happens in baseball other than the DH getting intentionally walked. Um, But as you're training high school kids, right? A lot of these kids are growing up and you're going to have some kids that are super twitchy and like don't need to learn that adaption. But there are a ton of kids, especially um, like that I'm seeing in more of today's society of a lot of video games, a lot of sitting at home, not not the old lifestyle that kids used to just get shoved outside and say, don't come back till dinner and play outside all day. Um, so kids are flat foot. Like, I don't actually mean that they feet. I mean, just like they're, they're low feet. They don't, they're not, yeah, they're not quick. They're not bouncy. They don't spend a ton of time running. So those kids, like those are the kids that you have to teach. Hey, like, yes, yeah, so we're going to, we're going to build some strength, but we also need to teach you how to run. And sometimes running is just all you need but at the same time like we have to teach you how to be springy we have to get some of those 2x fibers those most of those uh type 2 muscle fibers going and get you quick twitchy and get you teach you that adaption and pound it into your head and your muscles until you learn how to do it because some kids just don't they're just slow and if you want a future in baseball you have to be faster and you have to be quicker and that sometimes that doesn't literally mean your 40 time needs to be quicker, but it like, we need to move fast. Like you have to be able
1: to. So what do you got on go somebody doing a deadlift and taking five seconds to hip extension from the floor? Yeah. And that's that, that, like on that, Taylor? might
3: be too heavy.
1: Yeah.
3: Or you're one rep maxing either one, but if
0: we're
1: Which one rep
3: either, maxing, so like, what's the point of that? What's the point? Because no point. Exactly. Like, unless, you're, unless you have a 40 inch vertical.
1: So why do you guys do that
3: in high school? Because they're all about maxing out and they want to see how much they can lift. Why? Because it's really, really cool in high school kids, It's the kids, old school. kids like kids like to do it. And that's a lot of like what strength coaches talk about in high school is how strong could you possibly be, possibly be wonder at maxing and like having strength for high school kids is good. It's probably your lowest hanging fruit, but at the end of the day, especially with high school kids, like their one RMs don't look all that good ever. So there's, honestly zero point to be doing one rms maybe a three rm if you want to go heavy maybe a two but generally one rms you're going to get um was it diminished returns Mm -hmm. yeah yeah you're going to get you're you're going to get diminished returns on that and it's like you're two. like i've seen one rms i've seen two rms and two rms look way better than the one arm because you have to be able to do the same weight for two good reps rather than doing one awful awful rep Mm -hmm. for one
0: Well, and it doesn't
3: translate at all to
0: sport, right? Never once are you going to need to pull 500 pounds over eight seconds very slowly. Like that doesn't translate very well to baseball. Like, yeah, there's an absolute strength aspect to it, but it doesn't translate. Like you'd be better off with a 3RM or throwing a VBT on it. Now I know we're talking about high school kids, but with our pro guys, like it's lighter weights throwing VBT on it and saying, Hey, we're in with this fast. Yeah yeah you could pull 500 pounds slow but that doesn't help us right and there should be some give and take especially when you're talking about high schoolers because like i said earlier a lot of it comes back to strength so we might have to sit well, and, but but, and but not four
1: by one and so in by their one. defense they're hitting you know 10 by one deadlifts yeah right so they're getting stronger right no why
0: because they're probably not a probably not good deadlifts but b like there's no, you see my point here? Yeah. There's no undulation.
1: There's no growth to it. Yeah. What, what do you got in that Taylor? Why is the 10 by one not going to be beneficial? If that, if they're, if your goal is strength, 10 sets of one. Hey, you ever heard of that? Five by, all right. It's like the opposite
0: of German Mm, volume. Instead of 10 by
1: 10, 10 by one. I mean, I've seen lots of that. 10 by ones. Doing 10 reps with maximal, maximal strength patterns
0: that would be impressive if you could make like if you were so actually doing my point like is though RP my point 10. is
1: if you're a scrawny high school kid and you're trying to get strong or stronger okay or strong period and people are using 10 by ones why is that a bad option for a baseball player trying to get stronger or a five by whatever who cares like something by one five by one five by two right yeah six by one six by two why is that a bad option for high school kids why do we not do it
0: because it's not replicable like it's a one rep and then you take two minutes off and then it's just one rep. Like yeah, but you're getting I stronger think. though right
3: generally if you're only doing a one rep especially with five sets even worse at 10 sets more times than not each set's gonna get worse and worse and worse to the point where you probably get to your third set at a 10 sets and your set looks awful and it's also it's not applicable to baseball because everything we do especially with high school kids if you're trying to build strength you're probably better off by doing four reps five reps rather than going after a single rep and what? a lot of and the other thing a lot of times is it's not really like like if we're for example we're doing a deadlift are we doing barbell deadlifts or squats or oh, doing barbell deadlifts for example barbell deadlifts like if they're doing like a five by one or something like that. Like, I don't care if they're lacking stabilizer pelvis or they can stabilize through one rep. Can they do it for four or five reps in a row? Like the deadlifts aren't a bad exercise and there are technically, there are very few bad exercises as long as you program the right way, but there are bad ways to write sets and reps out, which we have seen time and time again with high school strength coaches and yes. Or high school kids <laughs> doing their own lifts.
1: Yeah, that's even worse. (laughs) Taylor, you know, going back to that, like, you have to just look at basic physiology, too. All right, if you're doing four reps or three reps even at a high maximal stress level, right? Think about, like, the breakdown of the muscle fiber, Mm -hmm. okay, continuously, right? You have a five by three, you're hitting 15 reps. Ten by one, you're still hitting 10 reps. But you're challenging more so at that point, you're challenging tendon strength. The tendon um, act like, uh, what do you call it? Like pliability, right? You're challenging different ways and different things through those strength, quote unquote strength exercises where you're hitting the 10 by ones, right? You're getting more simple, simply said, you're getting more muscle breakdown to rebuild that muscle on a five by three. You're hitting 15 reps, right? You're getting more reps out of it.
0: And there's more time under okay? tension
1: per time under tension, set. Yeah, Exactly. You know, that's the most simple way you can put it, right?
0: I mean, correct me if you're wrong. My my general thought is like Time under tension is build more strength than just like weight. And if yeah. you go into overall
1: volume and you calculate, well, then that's when you want to use eccentrics, isos, yeah, all that kind of stuff, right? So that should be a staple in, in kids' programs. One hundred percent, isos are awesome. Not adding kids, bands so. to a to a deadlift because they want more accommodating resistance when they can't control the accommodating resistance. Yeah, right. They should just pause pause deadlifts. Do a pause squat. Do something that's gonna add a little bit more tempo, a little more time under tension, and therefore you can move it faster up, right? So you still want to move the, the weight fast as a sport for a sport, mm-hmm. right? So like Taylor, for example, you know a lot of powerlifting guys, right? You follow a lot of that. And how many times though guys those guys actually train for that specific event what that one rep max is on like game day, on, on game day, right? Yeah. Max it's generally it. just on mm-hmm. game day. Yep. So that one rep max, they, they're, they're planning everything out, right?
2: Yeah. yeah. And
1: I, where are you going with this? Cause I want to talk about it. Okay, good. That's what I am was, yeah, was, was. I think you know where I think I was going. Yeah. With this. I was
3: literally just talking to somebody about this and we we're talking about like planning for one event or a one day. Yep. Whereas that's baseball, exactly where I was going with it. yeah, powerlifters can do that. Track athletes can do that. Yeah, any other sports that can
1: do that no i mean i'll track any Olympic sport. yeah any olympic
3: sport but yeah. baseball you gotta think about how many they're training for one day probably something last less, less than an hour they're training for one thing one thing whereas baseball we play a continuous sport so building up for one day one outing is not That's a recipe difficult. for injury Oh yeah, because you're gonna like you may be you may throw really, really well on that one day, but then what happens five days later or six days later when you have to throw again? It's like your body is gonna be, whoa, no, 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 we're not throwing it today. Um, so so yeah, like you have to like in your offseason, you have to build out a recipe for your body to be able to repeat movements, repeat and that, that that's why what we talk about like with our throwing program a lot and stuff like that. Um gearing kids ready to not just throw one day but be able to throw multiple days or uh, not multiple at days but minimum a, every fifth day. Yeah, at a minimum band, able to throw every fifth day and be ready for that load and stress that's going to be on the body rather than just building up for one day we're going to throw 80 pitches and then you're not going to throw again. Like that's that's not baseball.
1: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's exactly what I was going with it. Yeah, that's right. Sure. That's but like that being said, like, you know, the high school guys they train, they play your round too. So like well, that- they're training that si- same intensity, right? at least like our pro guys, we'll get to the pro pro guy portion of this here and college guys portion here in a second. But at least those guys, the pro guys, are away from baseball for at least two months, right? Just doing movement quality pattern stuff in the weight room. You know, it's, all right, like, you talk to Simon or Andrew or JP, right? Those guys will say, hey, like, go get fixed in the weight room first, first and foremost. Like, we got to clean up these movement patterns. This is what we saw during the season. This is where your breakdown was go do this right it's not saying all right throw through this pain throw through this bull- shitty bullpen right all that kind of stuff so it's more so taking the game of baseball away from them to accomplish to be a great baseball player yeah right
0: well and to me that makes sense mm-hmm. yes like
1: you can't spend all your time playing the
0: game you have to do other yeah. stuff away from it and bring it back to it um i think what taylor was kind of saying like it really highlights the the fallacy or the old school thought of like as a strength coach, especially of pro guys or even high school guys, like when you're getting them ready for season, you need to get them ready to peak as they go into season. But the baseball season is a hundred in, in, in the MLB. It's 162 games in college. It's 55 games in high school. It's like 30 something. Right. So high school is obviously shorter, but they most, especially in Arizona, we play year round. And you can't just take somebody and, like have the idea of, Oh, we're going to peak because there's, there's no one event. You can't like peak for the opening day. And then like the rest of it be a fall because after it peaks a valley. Yep. So you have to be able to keep them on that consistent pattern and build up. What's the word resiliency. Like you said earlier, and you have to be able to be consistent. You have to have the muscles ability to um, constantly react. And if you don't do that, and you're just training for one, or you're training for that peak, then we did it wrong.
1: So, I mean, yeah, exactly. But at the same time, as a baseball player, as a basketball player, as a soccer player, as a football player, you know, like do you truly want to peak your performance out, right? Unless you're in October, November for baseball in the World Series, mm-hmm. right? But that being said, like, we there's always going to like you're always going to run at essentially 90%, right? There's always that 10% more that you can give that your body just achieves through a different kind of stress, right? You, you, you add stressors, you add the crowd, you add all these things, your bullpen, you're at hundred percent, that ain't hundred percent. Right. You add, you turn the lights on, you put 50,000 people out in front of you. There's an extra 10% in the tank. Yeah. Right. So you, you know, you can't peak, you can't peak at, at all whatsoever it has to be almost an even keel throughout the season, right? Mm-hmm. You know your your velocity is going to be between, let's say, 94 to 96, right? Touch touch 97 and down to 92 on a, on a low day, right? Yeah. You know that's your, 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 you know, bandwidth right there, okay? If you are below 92 consistently, like, all right, I'm detrained. Like, I'm overtrained. I'm not doing what I need to be doing. My performance isn't there. I'm hurt, whatever it may be. Right, if I'm above 97 consistently, all right, I got better, right. Mm -hmm. So you know, with the high school guys though, it's like, hey, I'm chasing this this number, of velocity, right. But I'm chasing it through throwing and playing more and doing that, right. Mm -hmm. And doing slow lifts and trying to get big, going to the weight room, doing trying to do shit by myself, overworking yourself, overworking yourself exactly, you know, and you know that's why we have D load weeks for guys. And but the
0: the weights need to pair with the throwing, like you're saying, like. We're not trying to throw hundred percent all year, right? So we can't be doing 10 by ones or five by ones and trying to lift at hundred percent of the year. If every time, even, and even if it's not a by one, right. And if, if it's a four by six, if the sixth rep of that four set is a max where I barely got it up or I had to cut it short and I only got a fifth, that's too heavy. Yep. We shouldn't be operating at that hundred percent or 10 RPE or zero reps in reserve or whatever phrase you want to use. You shouldn't be operating that in the middle of your face, because then you're trying you're trying to peak at the wrong time, and you're trying to push yourself farther than you should be,
1: right? Yes, Taylor, you on that? Yep, nope. agreed. Yeah, there's a, there's a time <laughs> there's
0: good
3: good talk. There there yeah I always agree. There's a time to like, I don't want to say that. It, there's a time to blow your load, and then there, <laughs> and then there is a time. To, you have to you have to just know where you're at in the season. One, you gotta listen to your body, which high school kids fail to do, time and time again. Um, but you have to listen to your body, know what your body's ready for. Um, but then also you have to know your time of year. So know your time whether to get after the weight room or know whether you have what our PE are at. And that's kind of like where we come into play, especially with high school kids, because it's really hard to tell high school kids, hey, just go lighter, or hey you have a seven rpe the kids so kind of on our side what we can do and like what i started to do is like just change the exercise so they can't go heavy like change a normal dumbbell bench to a single arm dumbbell bench like start challenging different different ways challenge core in different ways making things unilateral instead of bilateral like just to, you because you can put constraints on the kids in terms of the position and force them to lower the load Rather than just telling them like, "Hey, just go lighter." You have your kids where you can do that—the kids that will listen. But then you also have your handful of kids that come to the weight room, and every time they come to the weight room, they want a PR. I mean, there's also days
1: where you, there's go days, right? Yeah, there's even in season. Yeah, days, hey, hey, I'm a green. I'm green today. Let's that's, mm-hmm. that's yeah. rage, right? And that—that's those are days where we need to accomplish like something in the weight room. But
0: there's nothing worse that a high schooler
1: would ever want to hear than, "Hey, that's too
0: heavy." You hear that and they're, they're, yeah, I mean,
1: and we've lost, we've lost business because of that, like to be honest with you, right. They're paying us for an expertise. They're paying us for a service. They're paying us for years and years and years of our knowledge. And then we tell them something simple as, Hey, we're not going to go that heavy or we're not going to do this exercise in season, Like, fuck you. I'm going to do it by myself.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. And we say, okay. okay. okay good. Then see, see you later.
1: Bye. Right. But like, they're never going to learn. Right. I'm not saying our way is the right way, but like over years when you train over thousands and thousands and thousands of high school athletes, you know, there's a common thing between what you see and what happens. And it's know?
0: not even about us thinking that like like in that exact situation, we can kind of clarify. It's not about thinking we're right and everybody else is wrong. It's like, hey, this is what we do here, this is what we put our stamp on. And we're not going to put our stamp on something that we don't believe so in. So with someone who believe it. Yeah. Exactly. So, if, or if I'm unknowledgeable about it, yeah. like if you want to come to me as a, like, an, and want me to coach you on powerlifting, I'm not the right guy. I, I need to find you someone else. Right. And so go, go do something else. Right? And just from
2: an outsider's view, like durability is half of it, right? Like totally. playing longer because there's so many at least from what I see, injuries in high school that seem very avoidable. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So that's like a key part, I feel like, that you well, forget.
1: You've had parents tell you that their athlete is not injured, but the athlete is telling us that they're injured.
2: Right. That's or I've had before. parents before, um, you know, some strength coaches will be like, you're throwing way too much, you're going to get hurt, you're going to get hurt, you're going to get hurt. And then they get hurt, and then they call us and be like, oh, we should have listened, like, now we're going through it. now we can't play. So it's just as, it's a sad thing like obviously we never want to see that happen but it's it's a bummer at that point because we like tried to help um but it's just a part of the learning process i guess realizing that it's yeah. not always going all in
0: well it's it's the selection right like getting to the top getting to that big league level like there's levels there's there's different survival of the fittest type situations that happen yeah and if you had what if you were in the high school in high school and you had what it takes to go play college Talent wise, but you were a jack wagon and you derailed your career. Survival of the fittest, natural selection. Like you don't get to advance to the next level. You shall not pass. Well, everybody in college is good. Yeah. And then but if, some if extent got, they're good. Doesn't matter exactly. Right. Whether it was talent or hard work, they're good in college. And then there's another you shall not pass situation. And some people get to go up to Pro Bowl. And then like the same thing happens again and get to go up to the next level, the next level, until you're in the big leagues.
1: And I would say 99% of our athletes that come in the store want to play at the next level of each level they're at. Right. would you say? Mm-hmm. So you can't say, I just want to play baseball for fun in high school. And then, you know, lift some weights and get big. Okay. If you want to do that, that's fine. Right. We might, we might not be the right fit at that point. We'll help you. We want to help you. Right. Mm-hmm. Be the best high school baseball player you can be. But our goal is to, express every single tool we have to get you to that next step to make it past the next step right
0: and there is though some kids though that that their goal is just to play high school baseball and that's not because that they don't think they're good enough to play college or they don't want to play college it's they want they're... to be a pilot or they
1: want to be a banker or, or they want to be or
0: they're not good enough to make their freaking yeah. freshman team and it's like hey can you make can, can we get there yeah and then once we get there it's hey can i make varsity Yep. And then as soon as they made varsity, they're like, holy ball, we made varsity. That's the best thing ever. <laughs> and that's the highlight of their life.
3: Yep.
1: Like, there's so and many. And then majority and of the time, with, they make varsity. What do they want to do next? And then now it's like, oh, maybe I do want to play college. Play JUCO. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go to NAIA. I can go to a smart D3 and get a degree.
0: Yep. Get get a little chunk off school.
1: Exactly. There yeah.
2: would um, be instances to lift heavy. Because I know oh, we... Oh, we lift more... heavy.
1: Yeah. We absolutely lift heavy. Yeah. Like... With going off the whole idea of this podcast was to know the athlete and what their what their needs are right mm-hmm. with the pro guys we're trying to conserve their career we're trying to make them like there's a certain there's a, there's two there's two sides of this we have the prospects trying to get to the big leagues we have guys trying that are minor league players that aren't prospects trying to become prospects right and we have big leaguers trying to stay in the big leagues Then so we have big leaguers that are trying to get to their tenure right where it's they're trying to you know make as much money as they possibly can for the tenure right so we got to know what cup to fill right with the pro guys then mm-hmm. same thing on the high school guys freshmen sophomores juniors and seniors right same with the college guys mm-hmm. so the lower end guys are the guys that usually lack strength right not the higher level guys what would you say uh
3: Sometimes, generally, I have a couple of like like younger guys that are really really strong and they just don't know what to
1: do with it. Okay, Um I mean more. Than, I'm saying more than likely. That's generally, more than likely. younger correct, guys, will, yes. Yes. younger guys in need, all need phases, strength. right? Yeah. The, yeah. the pro guy that's not a prospect, the college guy that's not a starter, and the high school guy that's not on varsity. Or
0: sometimes yeah. you have a guy like like the indie ball guy I have, who is strong as a bull. Yep. And well, that's there's different yeah, right? stages, right? But, but then, it, but, but, but that, that,
1: concept, that's your but all, all, all concepts. But it, like, yeah,
0: it's, no, good. you have to know what to yeah. fill. It's yeah, tough, yeah all
1: so, the younger guys need to get stronger So you had where what what cup to fill for each group, right? Mm-hmm. Usually, the lower level guys are the strength guys, right? Strength place, right? Strength, you know, once you're a ten year guy, you've been lifting weights for so long, your strength's always going to be there right so you you can recall the strength like for me i've trained so hard my life in my life where i can recall on strength and be decently strong still not as strong as i used to be but, but still be
0: 32, i can i
1: can hard. train at a like a lower capacity right now than taylor and still be not lose a lot of strength but i have definitely lost a lot of power output right so like that that that's when you got to know like all right these guys need more longevity these guys need more like urgency mm-hmm. right so we, we to answer your question ashton it's the guys that are under the urgency phases usually the guys that need to get stronger it's the guys that need to lift heavy those are the guys that are the risk reward like what what do we need to do right everybody's going to hit a strength phase everybody's going to hit a power phase but it's going to be which one are you in longer mm-hmm. Does that make sense um, but if, like, if knowing your kid, right, if you
0: have 70, if a kid comes in throwing 78, 81, we don't, like, we need to work on strength. You probably need to get stronger to throw harder. That's probably your thing. It's probably not that you're not moving well. Like, well. like that's probably a thing, too, but the bigger thing is going to be strength. Yeah. Right? And when you're talking about a 14-year-old, yeah, we probably need to move work some movement pattern stuff, but the low-hanging fruit, the most important thing is strength. And when you circle back to high school kids and what's the difference in training a high school kid and a pro guy, most pro guys are already strong. So now like, you highlight the crap out of movement quality.
1: We do get a lot, of, not a lot. We get a handful to two handfuls of guys that aren't strong as pro guys. Yeah. True or false? Yeah, true. Right? It's so, true.
0: But at the same time, their strength level is already advanced compared to my 15-year-old high school, Johnny. Not really. Like,
1: last year, Brock Selby's senior in high school. Stronger than all. Of stronger than every fucking pro guy we have.
0: I said Johnny at fifteen. I didn't <laughs> I say the saying, one, I'm the one unicorn though, of
3: Arizona. I put Stone Garrett up there.
1: Yes, yeah, Stone a freak.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but Brock would have been in this project If you don't person. know who
1: Stone Garrett is, please just Google him. It's, he's the most adequately he is the most named human ever. Specimen oh, of a mid
3: today. He goes <laughs> mid today, He Goes pretty hungry. He goes, I'm gonna go to McDonald's real quick. Went to McDonald's in between bench. Came back, hit two, two, five. I was like, all right. He goes, yeah, I just slapped McDonald's. It was so good. And he goes, six-pack? Oh, yeah, still there.
1: I like, God, I don't I know hate how you to do that, dude. <laughs> I
3: hate you. I was like, yeah, he goes, yeah, I ate only half my apple fritter. I'm save the rest for dessert after workout. Like, oh, my <laughs> gosh, dude. <laughs> good for you. Apple fritter mid-level. But, yeah, is- Brock, Brock Savage would have been in the probably top 5% of pro guys. Our pro guys, if yeah. that's how strong they are this year. one hundred. And now he's one of, a pro guys, he's a one a of pro- our pro, pro- guys. guys. He yes. almost and now he's one of our stronger guys. Yes. And he's matured now. even more. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. It's just hard. But for Johnny,
0: who's not Brock.
1: Yeah.
0: Like that's just 15 at your normal 15, 16 year old strength's going to be the big thing. Like, yeah, we're probably going to need to work on some mobility assessor or mobility, accessories type stuff, right? Stability. All of that needs to be still addressed. But I think strength needs to be highlighted more, Um, especially when you're talking about your average 15 year old. And of course there's going to be rock salvages that are just stronger than everybody else at their age and have been stronger since they were 13. But,
1: you know, not How everybody's would
2: like How you train those high school That's guys? Yeah.
1: So simplicity, right? Where it's simple
3: programs. Simplicity and variability. Right. Like them moving in all three planes of motion. And moving well in all three, three planes of motion. Moving well because they don't technically, generally those kids don't need one specific thing to make them better. They need a lot of different things, whereas mm-hmm. that's where, like, if you look at it, sometimes pro guys are harder to train, you get harder trained train than high school kids, because pro guys need this little thing mm-hmm. to up their game. So, so one tick unlock. Yes, one little unlock. So, like, your whole four-week block or your whole offseason could just be chasing this one little thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas for high school kids, it's like, all right, strength, probably going to make them so harder. Mm-hmm. Some jumping probably gonna make them throw harder. Like there's a lot of different buckets you can fill with high school guys to make them better. But yeah, getting them better, moving better, and stronger, and all three planes of motion, um, making sure that, and just making sure that they're healthy. Because one of the biggest things that can hurt kids that we see a lot is when they come in and they miss a the baseball season, they miss five or six months of development that they've missed out on that they could have prevented. Six. That they could have prevented the six last months they have to, pre- to prepare for college
1: yeah i mean there's building poor strength on the poor foundation yeah like they think they're building strength but they're not like taylor you're gonna love this like that's why some machine work might be good for that athlete right locking down a joint stabilizing the joint having the machine mm-hmm. be an external you know external stability factor right and allowing them just to actually move a little bit of weight on the machine where the joint is stabilized.
0: Yeah. Yeah, right. And actually get in a good position where, look, if exactly. we're hammering chest, like, so for example, the high school I'm at, we don't have machines. We got like your classic, just Olympic barbells and racks, and that's it, that, right? And dumbbells. But so, okay. So if I'm going to, we needed to in, increase upper body strength, push ups, just do them. We can, we can toss around different variations, right? But just do a push up and get your upper body stronger. Like
1: and, and simple. Yeah, it's simple. But how many guys? I have pro guys do a, in their assessment push ups, just to see how I want to see how their core stability is, what their pelvis is like, what their scaps do. Right? It shows a ton. So many guys can't do them or doing poorly or doing poorly.
0: And well, and then it's you change one thing with the chest angle and their like core activation and now we're actually getting their chest. Now you're actually using your pecs to their, their anterior full anterior shoulder or exactly. neck. Or Trap. it's like oh i don't i don't like doing chest because my shoulder always hurts okay well show me
1: how you do it but andre and then jackson then doing it wrong who's i think what number three prospect in baseball right now whatever he is oh, my God. someone like <laughs> that he, you know, he, Shout out he goes this is the strongest i've ever been in my chest this this off season because that's what's in the right position exactly we've changed his thorax structure in a way was, okay so Taylor by and, adjusting his pelvis Right. It's not like, all right, I'm going to hit bench press, barbell bench press, barbell bench press. It's like, all right, let's tuck your pelvis here. Let's do this here. Let's do this there. And now he's strong. Right. It's not about just barbell benching. Right. You're going to get stronger. Right. Yeah. Taylor probably can barbell bench more than me, but I can probably deadlift more than him. Right. I can do other things better than him.
3: Once my back's healthy, then
0: we'll
1: talk. (laughs) But But, so
0: look, Taylor and I were on FaceTime at like 10 o'clock the other night talking about different isa angles and hmm? uh like different chest angles and like why you would choose different bench variations and like to actually get like your the correct pec activation based on a different chest angle right so if you have different taylor you finish it you know
3: it better than i do it's all <laughs> it's a rabbit
1: hole. it's all it's not a rabbit hole it's ba- basic like Yes. If you dove down a bodybuilding or a powerlifting rabbit hole, whatsoever, you know the different angle of the bench, decline, incline, low incline, high incline, whatever yeah. you're doing, is going to change essentially muscle fiber output. But and you can. But if yes. you look at
3: depend- the, yeah, depending on the angle of, of the, the joint,
1: sternum, the joint. Okay, yeah, depend-
3: Yeah, because some guys will have a lot more lifted chest. Um, Casey Legamina has a cereal bowl chest. <laughs> and and he is very like the top of his sternum is lower than or is higher than the bottom of his sternum so something that may help him a little bit more would be elevated a little bit more of an incline versus somebody that comes in and they're in a crap ton of extension and everything they everything is in extension putting them putting them on a Decline may help a little bit, or, or even, even on the floor. Even if we
1: don't have a decline, with, putting them in a the blue bridge, bridge in a, in blue, a blue bridge, or on the, yeah, the floor.
3: Yeah. yeah, or on the floor. Something blue, like decline, Force, something like force yeah. them to keep their spine on yeah. the ground. Yep. It would, ju- well, yeah, would just go after. And then you have the guys that are in the middle that could do, do whatever you want. They could do all three, Griffin Jacks. They could do whatever they want, and he's they a, would be. The you specimen. would help them. Yeah.
1: he's a specimen. Yeah, yeah. Been a push for thirteen years. If you're here that long, you better be a specimen. He's a freak, but. That being said, it's all about joint control, joint placement, right? So that's what a lot of high school guys don't understand. Is like, we're our pro group. They understand like, hey, I know I need to get in this position. I, I love doing my hip airplanes because I know I need hip IR. Yeah. Right, I know I need to get this joint in line, right? But as a high school guy's like, I just want a barbell bench. Like, well, it's gonna do more harm than good for you. You know, Yeah. let's, let's give you a cable press, right? Low to high cable press. Or let's give you a hook line bench press or a glute bridge bench press, whatever it may be. The guys are always like, "I want a bench, I want a flat a straight bar, I want a straight bar, I want a straight bar." When do I get to do that? Especially if you have a kid who's already just lives in extension, why do we need to jam
0: more? You can still train the, the chest, and but they don't still understand get a that. Get a That's the point variations. of the whole thing.
1: That's whole saying. this whole conversation. They, so how do you do it? Better? How do you get how do you get an understanding? Explain it to them. Yes. Listen to our podcast. <laughs> shout
0: out, plug our own podcast.
1: Yeah, but looking for sponsors. Sponsor me? Yeah. <laughs> um, Push performance podcast. And parents by and Push. coaches too, right?
2: Like coaches that just kind
1: of yeah, like a lot of coaches. You know, shout out to Look Red God. Mountain. They mm-hmm. fully full go right. Lamar mm-hmm. Community College and Colby Community College and Metro State University. Like those guys buy into what we're doing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and they they want to learn they want like they know like they can't do it on their own so they're gonna hire people that can't
0: it takes a humble it takes a humble baseball coach to know that they're not a strength coach
1: right absolutely and it also takes a strength coach to know that they're not a baseball player
0: yeah hundred
1: percent. like the best thing you can do is like this is my my weight room is my fucking game day day, right it's my game day right i don't tell you to go run a slant on the field uh, on the football field, right? if I'm the strength coach on a, you know, a Division One football team, I'm gonna say, "Hey, coach, we should probably run a slant here, right?" So like, yeah, well, why yeah, the fuck you tell me? Why you, are you know, telling me what to do with our QB three? Like, what are you doing? Like, why? This is my this is my playing field. Mm-hmm. Let me do me.
0: Yeah.
1: You know like, what I, I mean? And it takes. But Sorry, it takes, it I, takes I, I just got heated. Huge oh, soapbox there for you, DJ. But
0: but it <laughs> takes a, it takes a good coach to know that. Hey, like I may be a good baseball coach, but. I don't know strength, and I think it would be better to have somebody who knows what they're doing
1: yep. do it. But on the flip and, side, how much further will, is it going to go? Answer me this. How much further is it going to go if a pitching coach knows somewhat of 100%. anatomy, biomechanics, 100%. physiology, whatever you want to call it, right? And now
0: you're just talking about what a good pitching
3: coach
1: should be. My opinion, like my opinions has changed over the years. If you don't have an anatomy background, you can't be a good pitching coach. Yeah,
3: We're just seeing more and more.
1: In Shout the- out to Rob Hill for the Dodgers who just got promoted by the way reinvented
3: yeah. baseball
1: coaches bro like the dude's a genius because he understands pitching human movement pitch design and how those all three go together yeah right that's yeah. Why we're so i mean that's what with simon simon coaches. and yeah, simon and andrew but yeah, like
3: becoming like you have to like pitching coaches nowadays have to know exactly what their athletes doing on the bill movement wise and then also knowing what they're doing like in the weight room themselves that yeah. way they can everything can bowl off of each other rather than two heads butting every single every single time an athlete goes to left and then okay well we have to do this when we throw it's like all right well they're just kind of going which is what we do well here but like even i've had a couple conversations with pitching coaches in organizations this year that are just calling to ask they want to know about their athletes but they're mainly calling to ask about what exactly we do in the weight room and how we get our guys to throw harder and move better and feel better and stuff like that just because every and like going off a rob like there are a lot of pitching coaches a new wave of pitching coaches know everything they know stuff in the weight room like if they if push come to sh- came to shove and they had to write their athlete program to help them throw better or like put them in better position when they throw
1: they could do it andrew andrew yes 100 andrew does that that's what he does mm-hmm. right yeah and i
0: trust simon to write a program if yeah. he
1: needed to 100 but the thing is they train themselves too right they do well, i mean
3: yeah Simon
1: did train his ass off last offseason. He's all over the map this this season. He's doing a a lot. He's a lot of guys. But, you know, they're in the weight room. They're feeling, they're throwing. Mm -hmm. Andrew's warming up today, throwing plyos, like full max intent plyos today. He's trying
0: to to on-rep. He wants to try and throw hard.
1: Exactly. So, like, the best way to feel it out is, like, get under the bar and do it yourself for us, right? 100%. I'm not going to do, I'm not going to program something for an athlete that I'm not going to do, essentially. Or haven't done in the past, and know what that feels like on my body. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Was what? what? Say it. No, that's yeah, I agree. No, worries. I you? There's a Say big
3: it. smile, everybody. Yeah, no, I agree. I think I think it goes a long ways when your coach has been through exactly what the athlete's been through, and is like when you're programming new exercises—not programming new exercises—but yeah, I saw this on Instagram. Instagram, and it looks sick, like you can give it to an athlete and the athlete's like, what am I supposed to feel here? And you're like, uh, uh, let me try it real quick. Just like the post said you're supposed to feel it in your quad and your hamstring." Yeah. Your homework is to, is to do it yourself. Like we come in, like, I mean, even if like we don't work out that day or something like that, like we may come in early or before the athlete comes in, try out an exercise. Like, yeah, I love that exercise or ah, like I didn't get what I thought I was going to get. I'm going to change that in the program, but knowing exactly like what the athlete should feel because a lot of times an athlete may put themselves in a weird position or they just feel something somewhere that they shouldn't be feeling it. Like if I'm doing a pile off press and I feel, or like, for example, like just simple example, I feel my back. Going, yeah. And I feel it on my back, like knowing exactly, okay, this is how I, this is the cue I need to use to get them out of this, or this is the adjustment they need to do to get out of this position into this position to feel it where you're supposed to feel it. But yeah, just knowing exactly what your athlete's doing from a, from a feel side because you've also done it yourself and you know exactly what it feels like.
1: That, I mean, that's the biggest biggest thing right there is on the throwing side, I'm not gonna tell you to hold the pitch this way when I don't know what the pitch characters it does,
3: mm-hmm.
1: right? Or the, the, the what do you call it? The results, there you go. Mm-hmm. The result of that, you know, there's, there's a result for me holding it this way or that way or whatever, right? Same thing here, like, hey, I'm gonna, this athlete needs external rotation, so I'm gonna try and get him to to hold external rotation with a ipsilateral load, right? And I'm gonna retest myself, see if I have better ER. If it does, all right, cool, it works. Yeah, you know,
2: mm-hmm. I mean,
1: I've messed around in my my garage gym plenty of times. Like, hey, like this athlete, I know this athlete needs more hip extension. How can I gain it? Right? I feel tight here right now, so let's try this exercise. All right, all that right, loosened it up. Let's, that well, that will work. Now, how are we gonna get that to stick? Right? So just like messing around with it and that this is more so like the pro guys how we're training the pro guys now right it's more advanced i guess mm-hmm. is the thing and we got how much time do we have
2: Forty-eight minutes. We're, we're
1: so yeah we have like 10 minutes um to talk about now we're talking about more so like the pro guys stuff right where you have the different levels of pro guys with guys needing just to feel good like how many guys do you have like that tay need, what do you mean just just me? feel good and continue their career doesn't need a whole lot of love. Doesn't you know want to get better, but not like overly a couple, do it.
3: A couple guys. I, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I have like all my. Like, a lot of the guys I have are. I have a handful higher of young guys, guys and, and the big league guys. guys that are trying doing what they can to just make that next jump. Yeah, the young big league guys. Yeah, yeah and yeah. the young big league guys that are trying to make that next jump to one either get into the big leagues because they've been in AAA or guys that are trying to just they're trying to find and carve out a path in the big weeks for themselves to make it more than a year being up and down trying to stay in the big weeks for a full year. But um but yeah though yeah those guys are usually like a step away from either one pitch or um or just some like movement wise or maybe they just can't stay healthy. So trying to like give them the tools to be able to do that and knowing okay like this is a big pitching off season for them. I just need to do what I can in the weight room to make sure that they are ready to rock and roll every single time they get on the mound. Or this guy struggles with injury. How can I find a way to have him realize it or find out exactly what he needs to do to stay healthy from a movement side? So then when he goes off into season, he has those tools available to him. He knows exactly once this starts feeling, then I can do this exercise or this exercise or this progressions or something like that um so just trying to give trying to figure out just trying with the pro guys trying to figure out exactly what they came in for the off season for um and not only like for them but wanting but like knowing what their org needs from that like what their org is saying they're missing because that's at the end of the day it's like this guy may have everything to be in the big leagues but their team says they're missing this one thing so making sure that they're equipped with everything they possibly need to go into spring training and have the best shot possible to break camp or to be in double A instead of low A something
1: like that. I, I think the toughest thing with the pro guy, the pro group is, a lot of guys think they know everything, right? Yeah. That's that's hard when guys think, hey, I need this in my program, I need this in my program. Like, dude, you've been fucking hurt for three seasons in a row. Like, you came to us to get healthy. Like, do you really need that in your program? You know? Um, yeah, we're gonna give the athlete what they want, you know, to an extent, but kind of gotta follow our roadmap too at the same time with why you're paying us, you know. But you know, when guys when guys approach their off season, it's you know, that's why we gotta collect collect the goals. That's why you're always yelling the guys collecting the data sheets, right? Mm-hmm. Where what's up? I was just saying collect the data sheets maybe. <laughs> Yeah, And the most important thing is knowing why they train the way they do and what makes them tick, right? If they're not interested in coming in every day, they're not going to get better, right? Mm-hmm. 100%. And, you know, knowing a guy that is at the end of their career and just needs to make it four months to get max max tenure, like that's, you know, that's huge, right? Max retirement is huge. If you, If you have a guy that, you know, I have a couple guys like that. You know, if I have, then you know, I have a couple guys that's like, they're just broken the big leagues this year and they're planning on being the big leagues for 10 years. How are we going to sustain that 10 years of health? Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's when the smaller things come into play. It's more so the, the way more attention to detail, way harder to work with. When it's, right? it's
0: knowing that like, Hey, so-and-so is coming in there. They need to get more extension on their fastball. Yep. that's their that's their thing hey velo is good all this stuff's good but if you get more extension I his point, health though right now but, but i'm saying like if but if that's the thing they're given from yep. their org, right then you have to know okay then i have to do that like like you have like that's what we're changing their program for yep. we're not doing we don't need to max deadlift right because velo doesn't need to go up velo's fine he throws 97 we need to change his the, his ability to move and grab an extra inch or two and like knowing, being able to do that.
1: Just no one would that strength versus the power versus the movement versus everything. Right. And I always talk about working off the strength speed but the strength, the speed strength curve continuum. Right. continuum thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, where that just gives us a free got free roadmap of where we're going for every mm-hmm. off season. You know, doesn't matter if it's Sean Doolittle who's 35, 36 years old, deadlifting with Joe Gatto right now. Like, you know, competing with speed work or if they're deadly earlier in the year where they're just trying to get strong together, right? They're still going to get strong. They're still going to move fast. They're still going to move well, but it's going to be micro in certain portions for each guy, right? Where, you know, guys need more throwing. So what are we going to do in the weight room? We're going to decrease the volume in the weight room, right? We're not going to, you know, we don't really have the luxury of decreasing volume in the weight room for high school guys, right? For the most part. Do you do you have any high school guys that you can? We de- might de- de- Minus Brock salvage last year. No, they can't afford to. Right. Yeah. nobody's, so, nobody's that.
0: Or, like I said, most people aren't that strong.
1: But we can with the pro group. Yeah. Hundred percent. Right. They're already physically matured. They're already. They're already moving well enough or good enough to be a, pro athlete, whether it be in low A or, high or in the big leagues. Yeah. You know. What else you get on that? Yeah. No, I think.
3: I think with like especially with high school kids like so many high school kids or so many people are like oh every three weeks going back to like deloads, like every fourth week we're going to deload da, 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 da. if you just program out properly and don't throw anything at these kids that they can't handle like they shouldn't need a deload as long as yeah. like as a coach you know the time of the year yeah. they shouldn't realistically they shouldn't need a deload like they shouldn't need a deload from lower body lifting because they get into season and they're doing way more running than they normally do it's like you should like running wise just microdose running in add and then yeah. more and more and more
1: as you get to season and then take that out i look at running. i look at the deload aspect is more so as like a mental break right now right yeah. where you guys are just getting mentally burnt out like i have a guy right now where i was like hey dude like we're gonna deload you on the mound and in the weight room restart hit the restart button came because was the best catch play i've had all year like it wasn't even close so like well, oh yeah you're your mind's fresh, your body's fresh, right? We're Like with these pro guys, we're not really chasing. D loads hard because it's not like we're crushing them in the weight room, you yeah. know?
0: Hmm.
1: We're not. It's like everything's managed and those, if you utilize your recovery days, you're utilizing your recovery days in a good way. You doing yeah. yoga.
0: And sometimes it's life stressors that that create the need for Exactly, exactly. If you are going through some stuff with your wife, or your girlfriend, or some financial stuff, and like all that stuff happens. And or you're sick, you get the Rona, like you know that might be really stressful, and you might get sick. And you. Might but there's a time off. where
1: we had to push the athlete, right, all offseason get, to get them stronger, mm-hmm. and they deserved a deload week, correct?
0: Yeah, 100. percent right. Like there's there's different needs for yeah. a deload. It could be because they got their ass kicked. It could be because they're stressed. They just need to. and you just need a, like a reset. It yeah. could just be because hey, we just peaked and we just hit this huge strength thing and we're going into a new phase yep. now we're going to start moving fast yep. give them deload give them some time or whatever it ends up being or we can
1: deload I don't like to do this but we can deload in one aspect and not deload in the other right deload in the weight room and not deload on the mound or vice versa yeah
3: mm-hmm.
1: right yeah high days be high days low days be low days and deload figure it out <laughs> but 420, yeah. Maybe. yeah see uh, that's all I had you guys got anything yeah have you
3: told the people about Kevin yet or not yet I haven't been talking because Kevin keeps me up all night.
1: It's my dog, dog Kevin,
3: <laughs> not my boyfriend Kevin. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> a new guy in Taylor's life. It's puppy.
0: It's a puppy. It's a puppy everybody.
1: Cool. Well, appreciate it. If you like what we're talking about, just give us rating, a nice one.
0: Like, Please subscribe, and share. Yeah. And
1: then also uh, ask us questions for our podcast too. I know we one out and it was pretty cool it was pretty fun to do simon and i got to answer some questions so taylor you were there too right i forgot I sorry i forgot you just don't fucking talk <laughs> but yeah appreciate you guys thanks